0: To another edition of the My Wim Life show, where we use wisdom, humor, and inspiration and motivation to help you live a life you dream of. Uh, today, I have with me a, a wonderful woman that I was introduced to for her inspiring story, not mm-hmm. only on a personal level but a business level. Uh, Miss Dawn Kirby. Hello. Hey. Uh, why don't you just start us off by telling everyone a little bit about you?
1: Okay, this is always on the spot. <laughs> uh, well, my name is Dawn Kirby. Um, I am a single mother. I have a background in uh, risk management in the insurance industry, pharmaceutical sales, and most recently, I have a sun care brand that I created with the help of chemists and have developed. It's a mineral sun care line. Um, I also happen to be legally blind. Um, I was diagnosed um, with a retinal degenerative disease um, 19 years ago. And so I had the foreshadow um, that I would be slowly losing my vision. And for my diagnosis, which is called retinitis pigmentosa, it's a peripheral vision situation. So many of your viewers will be familiar with macular degeneration, which is the loss of central vision. Retinitis pigmentosa happens to be the loss of the peripheral vision. So when you hear tunnel vision, that would accurately describe the progress of my vision. Yeah. So you literally mm-hmm.
0: just kind of see in that in that narrow field right in front of you is
1: all you have. Yes. So. And and I, the human body is simply amazing specifically the brain. I, I feel blessed in that my vision loss has been micro changes over the years. So it's really interesting how the mind adjusts and yeah. how the body adapts as the vision is lost. I, I When people are asking, well, what are you seeing? What is that like? Um, I liken it to, you know, maybe you gain a quarter pound every year and as those pounds add up, next thing you know, you're, you have a bigger size of jeans and you're like, how did that happen yeah. slowly? But it's the cumulative effect. That's so
0: fascinating. Uh, my, mm-hmm. my mother had had macular degeneration, okay. so I was definitely familiar with sure. the opposite and, and losing that center vision, you know, yeah. but she's she was able to drive for a really long time, yes. um, you know, keeping that peripheral. And I know in talking in previous conversations that that has been something that that you had to lose. Oh man, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. What was that like? Uh, because that's like
0: that's like your independence, your yes. freedom. Yes. So it's got to be
1: such a hard adjustment. It was huge. It on honestly, it was a huge adjustment. Um, at the time um, that I was notified that I would no longer be driving, which is a little bit of a funny story that I'll share briefly, but um. I was in pharmaceutical sales, but you have a company car, Mm -hmm. and your job is to interact with all of your customers face-to-face, office-to-office, so I was in my car all day, um, you know, bouncing from office-to-office, appointment-to-appointment, doing evening events, um, interacting with the consumer, educating, um, and, um, yeah, I, because I launched my son, Caroline, my primary, um, income with my pharmaceutical employment was not necessarily accepting of that uh, new road i was taking or the side hustle that i had put out there in front Uh, and they had requested knowing that i did that because uh, i was losing my vision and it was not a secretive i'm not a very secretive person so uh, everybody knew uh, you walk into a cocktail hour and i've got the elbow of a girlfriend navigating dark spaces because part of the retinitis pigmentosa is also night blind. It's the light receptors dimming. Think of like a dimmer switch. So I have less light coming in all the time than everybody else. Right. So anyway, I go and see an eye doctor in Salt Lake City. And he says to me, "Uh, you're not still driving, are you? I said, well, of course I'm still driving. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, let me rephrase. Um, You are not driving anymore, okay? And I went into this whole bargaining (sighs) thing with him. Well, what if it's just mornings and groceries or, you know, like, just, you know, like, honestly, total bargaining. And then he's like, let me put it this way. If your family contacts me and they are concerned for your safety because you are not heeding my recommendation, he says, I do have the power to have your license revoked. So anyway, that, you know, when I was diagnosed, which was back in 2001, Long time ago, yeah, um, and they tell you your diagnosis. And I had this for some time, I just didn't have a name for it. And I read what it was about, and I was like, It was not a big deal to me because I was like, Oh, yeah, of course, that's me. But then, when when you read that, uh, someday you will go blind or legally blind or become blinder or what, however, you want to put adjectives onto it. It's like. So, you know, like, I'm always living for today, for now, or whatever. Yeah. So when someday happened, I was not completely ready for someday to have been that Already. day. Yeah. So I had, you know, my son was only in sixth grade. I'm a single mom. Yeah. I did have a sister who was living in town, and because uh, I was also going to be ushered out of that industry, because I was no longer driving, that was not fit for duty anymore, so I was about to lose my income. Yeah. And... So I was going to cut my income by about 70% and now have to incur the expense of taxis or, or however all I was right. going to get around. So anyway, I prepared, but I didn't prepare. I prepared financially, um, but psychologically having to relearn all of that. And we did a lot of rides with my son's uh, teammates and getting him to practices. And you know, luckily in a community like this, so much camaraderie and your tribe yeah. kind of rallies around you and my son uh, for the most part did not have to skip a beat. You always want your kid's life to remain
0: unscathed, steady, yeah. steady,
1: Eddie. You don't want turbulence coming in and upsetting their world, Is it's your issue, it doesn't have to be their issue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, w- it was a big workaround psychologically, a lot of introspective time, you know, I was, I, my life was going 100 miles an hour all the time to, oh. I mean, yeah, almost my brakes got hit hard, you know, and uh, how you feel your time during the day and I had friends going, Oh my god, that's so awesome. Like I would be working out all the time and I'm like, Really?
0: No you wouldn't
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's a nice (laughs) idea. So, you know, now I mean I love to walk for exercise. I do a lot of walking in my neighborhood. I set my garage up with free weights. I love to, you know, lift weights and stuff. I just I tried to then I began creating my life around my home. I made my home my my comfort space, my safe space. Sure, spent a lot of time with gratitude. You know, I'm all of a sudden, sitting in my backyard and observing the trees and the grass and feeling the breeze on my skin, and and grateful that I still do see and that you know, all there's always so much to be grateful for all the time. So. I just kind of went more inward and, and dug a little bit deeper. I've always been a glass half full person. The yeah. uh, things you can't change, I don't really want to waste much time on or bemoaning anything. It's all about making the most of what you do have now and then picturing forward, what do things look like? What do you want them to look like? Um, having the courage to reinvent yourself and being lucky that you can. Yeah. So many people don't have the opportunity to pivot and reinvent themselves. Maybe they do, but maybe psychologically they don't. Mm-hmm. And I was placed in a situation that now you get to reinvent yourself. And it's not I have to, it's I, I get to. Get to. Yeah. Because really you are in charge of everything. I mean, I maybe I'm not a blind woman. Um, I'm a woman who happens to be legally blind. Yeah. There's a big difference in that.
0: I agree. I, yeah. think, I think the mindset behind that is 100%. The reason that you have been able to continue to be successful and raise an amazing son and really put yourself in a position to continue to do things yeah. when others would have been like, well, what's the point? What's there's nothing left. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Well, and luckily, right? Um, you know, but I, I'm, I'm losing my vision, uh, but I'm not losing my brain. Yeah, I'm not losing my. Physical mobility. I have my health. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an interesting thing because when your friends through word of mouth find out there's a loss mm-hmm. or a tragedy or you know a life changing event, you have to so all of a sudden not be driving. People don't always know how to address that. Yeah. Um, so I got a phone call from a childhood friend that I've stayed in touch with all these years, and she was hesitant. You know, and yeah. she was like, "So." Down, I heard you're not driving, you know, you're not driving anymore. And by the time we got them talking, she was, oh my God, I wish I would have called you sooner. You've somehow made me feel happy for you that you're going blind. Like, you've this into a good thing. Like, we should be celebrating, right? And I, you know, because my thing was, well, um, I was, you know, maybe I shouldn't have been driving sooner, like, yeah. acknowledging that maybe this, maybe i pushed it. You know, I'm so lucky there wasn't a car accident, that somebody you was better. injured. I wasn't injured from being an insurance agent, understanding risk management, and the liability that goes with that. Oh my God, right. how horrible would that have been to have to live with um, all the way around, and anyway. But yeah, I mean, uh, it is what it is, right? I mean, I don't have to like it, because I don't like not driving. Right. In fact, for the first few years, it's been seven years now that I've not been driving, but the first, for wow. the first few years as a passenger in the car, I'd be like, so do this like i think can see everything and my son would roll his eyes at me <laughs> and my dad would say uh right neuron you know kind of yeah. thing like that we my family uses a lot of humor and tough love like if it needs to be said it's going to be said nobody tiptoes around the issues in my family um you know and it's just been in the last few years i'm like yeah, like, I definitely shouldn't be driving. Yeah. You know, I run into things or, you know, my folks and my son will go, can you see this? Can you see this? Doing the fingers. or something like, yes. yeah, no, no, nope. you're like king. Not, even, yeah. not well. even a little. Not even a little. Yeah. You are not even there. I don't see you sitting there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So interesting. It is interesting. And it is even interesting for me sometimes too, because I dropped something on the ground and, um, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, seriously, I heard a drop, I know it's in here, but I don't see it. Right. So, um, I'll back up, I'll go to the other end to say of the kitchen, and I'll look like this. And the view, find the, the, view the window of what I see mm-hmm. widens the farther away I get, Sure. and they call it, it's not really a clean loss of vision. They call it islands of vision, so yeah. you have a blind spot here or here, so sometimes I have to, have to back up to find what I dropped. I mean, I, I almost always find things, yeah. and then sometimes I'll say to my son, hey, will you get in here? I need to borrow your eyes for a few minutes. I dropped on the floor. Sure. Like, He's like, there. mom, it's right there. I'm like, yeah. Mom. I don't see that. I didn't see it. I do now. Thanks for pointing it out. It's, it's bizarre. Sometimes there's some mind tricks that play, and then I'll shake my head. And Dude, yeah, that's definitely wasn't there when I was last. <laughs> so it is, it is a little strange. So, yeah. But you gotta have humor too. Like, you
0: have to. Yeah, I think laughter is one of the most important things in in any kind of a recovery or overcoming or whatever. Like if you can't laugh at yourself and be be able to, you know, let some of the frustration
1: go. Yeah you're just
0: you're going to be real sad
1: well and not to take yourself too seriously and that's with everything in life i mean have a little humor have a little humility um, we're all going to have we're all going to be equipped with some challenges in our life yeah um, what they are and what they're going to be down the road we don't get to know that Yeah. so having some resilience and some bounce back and some fortitude and some to get this done one way or the other i mean it's it's all in that human spirit i mean people get through crazy things yeah and i do believe we're never given more than we can handle yeah and and i also believe that you know because every individual is working through their own thing it can always be worse i mean somebody might look at your situation and go oh, thank god i I'm not going. i like I don't know what I would do if I couldn't just get in my car and go, um, you know. And I I guess I should add on this um, interaction here is that personality wise, uh, I'm I am a thrifty person. Yeah. I mean, I saved, which is how I had the money to start that business. I saved, yeah. which is how um, I was able to just reshuffle my financial debt when I was losing seventy percent of my income and yeah. still be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know so the idea i don't spend a ton of money on uber i i don't at this i go through this needs versus wants in my mind like is this critical is this not critical um is it worth the spend to me is it not because quite frankly i like having a savings account yeah i'm a debt-free person i believe in that type of lifestyle i mean i don't mind making investments but i don't ever charge a vacation i don't ever like right. if they can't get paid for it's just it's a it's a want a need. Yeah. And so um, because of, of that, when this all went down, I knew I was going to be fine no matter what. Uh, so it's, it's about planning and making the most of all the time, like living below your knees. Right. So talking about that
0: shift, Yes. Uh, one of the most interesting, because I'm a mother too, mm-hmm. uh, one of the most interesting things I would have thought would be the way that your relationship You know, with your son pivots, or how that has to look, especially with him being, you know, at like junior high age. That's when all of the emotions are going crazy, and like literally everything is changing for him at the exact same time that everything is changing for you and your lives together. Like,
1: how did you two navigate that? You know, it's tricky. You just, you honestly, as the parent, you you just do your best to make sure that their life is uninterrupted, but. The truth is, is that kids ride this thing right here on. I mean, whether you think you're shielding them or not, trust me or not, mm-hmm. they know. I mean, and, and it's been just he and I since he was 17 months old. So whether I like it or not, he feels my vibe. Yeah. If I'm trying to keep my together, you yeah. know, and I'm maybe not doing a great job of it, he feels it. For sure. You know, we didn't really talk about it going through it, but it was hard on him. You know, he he went with it, and for the most part, didn't have to be interrupted too much. But as he began driving, and because you know, a lot of kids are like, I can't wait to drive. Um, my son, it takes him a while on change. Like mm-hmm. I teed it up. I'm like, dude, you're gonna be driving. Like all your friends are going to be wishing they were you. Um, you know. So then, when he had the tr- learner permit. He drove to everything and I was with him. Like he just yeah. he had to do it and we drove all the time like that. And so when it came time for him to have to do some of my errands or whatever, or not yeah. have to, but it was my expectation, he wasn't super keen on it. Sure. So there was definitely some conflict with uh, him taking on more adult responsibilities at an age way pre adult. Yeah. Um he, and then after his first year of college and come home, he's like, hey mom, need something from the grocery store. So after being away, I think he became more appreciative of the situation and less angry about it. Um and I assumed some anger just because of his reaction when I would ask him to do certain things, which was really hard for me to not have him just accept it. Yeah, With a big bow on it, right? Right. Because um, you're
0: positive. You're like well, we're gonna it, take it as it comes. And it and it is what it is it. Yeah. and mm-hmm. it is
1: what it is, and we're a family yeah. and you're gonna have to step up to, you know, kind of thing. And I think again after he was gone and came back, he's like, Dude, I don't have it so bad. I mean, I know yeah. my mom can't drive, but we got some good things going on. So, um, yeah. So, you know, we navigated it, hitting every pothole as it came yes. and do our best to dodge the potholes when we could see them far enough in advance. But, um, yeah, it, it was mostly positive, but just like when you asked your kid to clean their room and they're like, mm, uh, really, right. you know, they don't see the benefit in that. Mm-hmm. Um, And I guess as a parent, you don't really have to explain what the benefit is, (laughs) but it was pretty obvious we needed food, you know. I'm like, sorry, dude, you know. And I'm like, listen, you know, because my sister was in town through the first couple years. and Once a week, she'd come and pick me up. It would be like a sister thing. It was a, it was a a set touch point for us. um, And I was really grateful to her. She's my younger sister and has no children, so wasn't sure, you know, how you're going to reciprocate the payback. Mm. but I think she really uh, acknowledged that helping her older sister, who she didn't really always think needed help in that way. um, It it brought us closer, interestingly. Um, So once a week, we would do groceries and we'd get sister time and hang out. So um, there was that in
0: the transition, you had started this sunscreen basically a sun care uh, business you've been working on this before you ever lost your job and that probably was that uh, you you probably had no idea the value of what you were working on in that beginning
1: process i'm guessing i could have yes so true um in the industry that I was in, and specifically for the company that I worked for, it was not uncommon for my coworkers to have side hustles. Sure. A lot of them owned rental properties, some started gyms, another had a clothing line. I mean, not just little side hustles, these people were tackling some big things, um, and, I, and I was in the anti-aging um, segment of pharmaceuticals, so I was exposed to high-end skincare. I was exposed to Botox and medical procedures for anti-aging perspective. And i started in that industry about age 35. So as a woman starts being more aware of the aging process with their own bodies as well. So over time as, and I've always loved learning the whys behind things, so Botox, how it works, why it works, skincare how it works, why it works, and even yeah. prescription medications for blood pressure or cholesterol. One of the biggest things that I treasured in those education for those jobs was being taught a deep and narrow piece of information, blood pressure, how that works, all the medications around that, and then the class of drugs that are, you know, those are very valuable information in, in knowing those things. Sure. That you can apply that to real life, obviously. Um, but as I could feel or sense kind of my world getting narrower, if you will. Yeah. I kind of started wondering, well, okay, if I, if I was going to reinvent and someday that will probably happen. Someday. Yes, someday. Not the day it was, but someday. <laughs> um I love the beach. I love the sun. Um, and maybe even me losing the you know, the lightness, the darkness kind of closing in, I crave the sun. I'm like the lizard, you know, who wants to be on the hot rock kind yeah. of thing. Um, I just—I uh, thought, well, maybe sunscreen. That seemed kind of something that might be interesting. And then maybe I would have to be in tropical places to yeah. conduct business. That seemed like a fun little dream. Sure. Um, so I had a girlfriend who had worked for a mineral sun care company, and she'd been harping on me about the difference between synthetic sunscreens and mineral sunscreens. So, had a little bit of entry into that uh, understanding of those different active ingredients. And so I thought, right, well, if you're going to do something like that, you have to figure out which part of the pie you're going to be into. So I did some deep research and I googled all the active ingredients and I came to find out, um, I stumbled across a study that National Geographic had published, I want to say, don't quote me on the year, although I'll throw it out there. It seemed like it was around 09, talking about a possible correlation between synthetic actives and sunscreens and the bleaching and killing out of the coral reefs, which is a problem for tourism, but even more than that, all these different fish in the ecosystem, the biodiversity in the coral reef area, um, if you lose those coral, you also lose the fish. And then you lose the fish that feed the fish and the fish that eat those fish sure, right. and the fishing industry. So, so for all islands and, and substance, the so. circle of life um, is a problem. It's not just about wearing the sunscreen at the beach and obviously getting in the water around it, but you go home and you wash it off and all that flows into the rivers, the rivers flow into the ocean. It's just like this big circle. And the uh, highest percentage of sunscreen used, manufactured and sold around the world were synthetics. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's noteworthy. <laughs> right. And then the step further for me was uh, learning the difference from how they work on people. You buy a sunscreen to protect yourself from the sun. Mm. But here's the kicker. Synthetics, which are anything besides the zinc and titanium dioxide, they lack photostability. Photostable means that it maintains its complete integrity under UV exposure. Oh, gotcha. So as a synthetic active and all the sunscreens that we grew up with minus zinc for lifeguards, yeah. right? They start breaking down under sun. I'm like, well, that's ironic, right? You <laughs> buy it to protect yourself. Yeah. So at what rate does it break down? How fast is it breaking down? What kind of protection do you have? And how would you even know with the incidence of skin cancer going up? It's like, okay, well, So minerals, they are 100% photostable, obviously I'm going to go mineral, let's do mineral because that's not only best for people, it's best for the environment. So then I went and I bought a bunch of mineral sunscreens that were commercially available on the market and most of them, all of them, were heavy, greasy, pasty, heavy white cast um, and very earthy smelling. Yeah. Oh, so that's why mineral sunscreens aren't really part of the market Right. It's not niche. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, they oh, don't smell good. They don't, they don't, good. Look, they don't look, look good. good. <laughs> they don't feel good. Like if the experience is crummy, very, very few consumers as we're all creatures of habit are going to pick a product that doesn't have a good experience. So I set aside a specific amount of money. This was going to be my, my startup money. And then I didn't really think that I would not not have my primary income. So the idea was to use that income because remember, I live below my knees uh, to feed the beast. I called it to feed the beast. Um, So immediately upon launching the sunscreens, um, the job ended. So my business model shifted a bit. But back to the sunscreen piece. So I, I had to call all over the country looking for manufacturers that were comfortable working with mineral sunscreens. Sunscreens are a niche, they are FDA regulated, so any manufacturer that is that is manufacturing sunscreens have to be rated and, and do all the red tape and paperwork that yeah. comes with filing, testing, all of that. Um, right. There aren't, there weren't that many. Everybody knows uh, synthetics because that's what's been around. That's what we've been working with forever or using forever. Yeah. And then finding the manufacturer in Boise. Wow. So it's like it's meant to be kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And so it took a year and a half to get the formula light enough, the spreadability, the water resistance uh, before we put it through to third party FDA testing. Uh, But that's kind of the story of how sunscreen came about, why mineral. Uh, My goal was to create a mineral sun care, um, sun care being not just sunscreen, but Filled with antioxidants, so additional level of uh, anti-aging protectiveness sure. for the skin, etc. And then high level water resistance uh, for a mineral sunscreen to work effectively, it has to stay on. Right. It doesn't show up in the bloodstream like synthetics do. They actually have to stay on the skin to reflect the sun off of your skin. I made friends with a bunch of guys and gals in Puerto Rico that surf in Rincon, Puerto Rico. So I sent lab samples back and forth getting their feedback. Uh, again, this is supposed to be reef-safe product, so super water resistant, active, you know, yeah. uh, and pleasant. So I, I, uh, we did coconut fragrance in the mm-hmm. sunscreen, um, and uh, that's what happened. That's that was the whole uh, reason behind the sun care line. It's called S4 Sun Care. It stands for Sun, Surf, Sand, and Snow. Yes. So um, sunscreen for year-round. Yeah, several build-out pieces to come down the road, but starting with the very water-resistant center pieces so that if you're going to be sweating or playing in the water extensively, that sunscreen will stay on. You can sweat through it. The water should bead up on the product itself so that you know it's still there. And Yeah, yeah anyway, it was, it was a lot it was of fun. a lot a blast doing it.
0: Well, and I love, you know, I love several pieces of this. I love that you took the environment into consideration, okay. um, you know, because even on our most recent vacation, we went to Mexico and we were going out on a sailboat mm-hmm. and they were very adamant when we uh, went through to the boats uh, yeah. to the pier um, that uh, we not use any synthetic. Uh,
1: sunscreen, you know, so I think... Did they use that word synthetic? They did. Okay, wow, they even know the language. Yeah, Yeah. so
0: they were, they were very adamant about that, um, not to put on any, you know, any of that synthetic uh, sunscreen because we were going to be getting in the water and, and so, you know, I, I've kind of seen the real world adaptation of that and it's nice in a tourist type of environment to see that they're starting to talk about that and, and move in that direction. Um, And I love that you found a Boise manufacturer. Like, there are so many things that are going on in this area that people have no idea is happening. So Well,
1: and it's hard to find a manufacturer. A lot of their buildings aren't even um, labeled. Yeah. Like, they they just kind of exist there. And interestingly, though, that the manufacturer that I started with for the sunscreens ended up saying, After our first run, that they were not interested in OTC anymore, which is over the counter, which Mm -hmm. is government regulated. So they handed me off to another manufacturer um, in Idaho Falls who do my stick sunscreens. Um, And then I've since learned we have another manufacturer here that do sunscreens that I didn't know about. Again, even being in the industry, you don't know who is and who isn't. So I I ended up, um, and then I ended up having to find yet another for one of my. Sunscreens clear out for Miami, so you kind of have to go with who does what the best. You bet. Um, but I still have my lotions, all, all my other products with the sunscreens are done actually here in town. Yeah, so I try to keep things local where I can. that's awesome yeah. yes, I mean, it makes sense, obviously. Yeah. Why would you outsource clear on the other side? You got to pay for shipping to get all that stuff back here, anyway. It's Absolutely. not really cost advantageous to do that. So staying local has multiple benefits to staying as close to home as you can. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So and I also love that it you know that you've really focused on the fact that it is year round. Mm -hmm. um, Just because in Idaho, we have all four seasons Mm -hmm. like we have a full winter with skiing and 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 you know that has I have definitely seen people come back from the ski hill just red as a lobster oh, yeah. on their cheeks, because yep. that's the part that was exposed, yeah. you know, and,
1: and, and being some of the type of, uh, if you're a kamikaze skier, you know, if you're more of a leisure skier, I, I feel like there's these different categories yeah. on the ski hill. But yeah, sun reflects right off the snow. So um, even in a low, you know, it's like you, those days when they put a tin foil no, underneath totally. our chin, trying to <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah. yeah, it bounces right off the surfaces. Same with water skiing. You know, you're going to have it up high coming at you, but bounces off the water surfaces to you. If you're a runner, it's bouncing off the pavement. If you're a motorcycle rider, same thing. I mean, UV is all around us. And um, here's an interesting thing: uh, UVA, UVB. That's mm-hmm. considered broad spectrum. Right. So UVB are the mm-hmm. burning rays. Those are shorter rays. UVA are the aging rays. Those are long rays that actually come through your window. So even for, like, truck drivers, the window side, the driving side, oftentimes the left side of the face for long haul, truck drivers um, have aged considerably more than the right side of the face. So that's why a lot of dermatologists and estheticians and skincare experts, they want you to wear, at least on your face, every single day. And so, I guess having said that, ladies, <laughs> um, mineral, mineral on your face because it doesn't matter how long it's been exposed to the sun. If you have a mineral sunscreen on your face and you've not wiped it off, sweated it off, or oily skinned it off, right. um, you protect it. But if a lot of gals have said, oh, I've got SPF on my moisturizer, I doubt it's mineral. Um, and halfway through the day, most women aren't going to go wash their face and reapply everything. Right. So if you really want the aging aspect, anti-aging aspect of sunscreen for your face, um, yeah. it's got to mineral. Yeah. Well, I know you have, besides
0: sunscreen, you do have some other lotions and stuff. Have you moved into,
1: say, a mineral-based moisturizer that would be? Valuable, or no. is that something on your horizon? <laughs> Possibly, I can yeah. tell you uh, that what I have done, coming into sweating months like walking outside, mm-hmm. gardening, anything outdoor, I put a little, little teeny pea size of my SPF water resistant, yeah. um, and I'll drop a couple of my makeups into it, like oh, my yeah. pigment, so. Um, any pigment that you're that isn't powder yeah blend it in put it all over your face uh and i don't even have to powder up or anything because i pigments in it it's water resistant it's there from morning to night Done. Yeah, well, and I actually really
0: like that because I know the foundation color that I use in the summer is not the same foundation color that I exactly. use in the winter because my skin tone changes. So having, having that flexibility
1: actually is a really great idea. Absolutely, because then you are um, tailoring it to what your pigment is going to be. So literally, and it doesn't take much. I don't like, you know, the old adage slip, slop, slap. Yeah. Um, you don't have to slip, slop, or slap mineral yeah. sunscreens. Just put it on. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't ha- you don't have to create that white cast. I, I spoke with a lifetime surfer on the North Shore in Hawaii, Oahu, just a couple months ago. at uh, you owns know, Free Surf Magazine, um, and we were interacting on my sunscreens. Um, and he's like, are you sure you don't have to put, like, you know, I want to look white. And I'm like, no. No, you don't have to look white yeah. for it to work. You know, I get that that's where you've come from, yeah. but that's not where you have to be. Like, you don't have to use half a bottle yeah. to be SPF protected, uh, which you enter in then the sunscreen stick. Yeah. You know, you can go heavy or light on the sunscreen stick, but if you're surfing or whitewater rafting or doing something where you're a lot of heavy water, um, even the water park, um, you can put that on heavy. If you put on heavy, you're going to have more of the white cast, but... You put it on once, and you're not gonna have to put it on for the next two weeks if you don't shower, <laughs> which is awesome for the your little ones. Honestly, yeah. you almost want a white cast on your little people because you know what's there and you know it's working. And the stick, those little guys are like, I do it myself. I, you know, you don't. They don't want you wiping on their face, so give them the stick. Let them draw to their little heart's content. Yeah. Um, keep them protected. So, um, so yeah, but I was... You don't have to wear a ton of. You don't have to look white to have it work. Yeah, it's the main thing. And the whole idea for creating a mineral sunscreen that has uh, easy slide, uh, rubs in easy. It's not a lot of extra work. um, Is to create an experience more similar to the completely see-through of the synthetics. Yeah. So that you move into the mineral. You know, it's. I think it's a growing trend. In fact, I know it's a growing trend more consumers are uh, ingredient knowledgeable oh for sure Um, uh, more and more consumers are interested in a cleaner product a natural product Um, and and i really with the changes you're going to see a lot more mineral companies small startup independently we call indie companies you're going to see a lot more uh, and a lot more education a lot more noise because none of us have the same um, big box pocketbooks, you know, for mm. national advertising for sure. and getting the word out. Um, so having more options is really is good for the mineral marketplace because the more exposure consumers have to it, the more interested they're gonna be in dabbling and trying this one or trying that one to find the one that works best
0: for them. Yeah. Yeah, I from a from being someone who's been in sales pretty much my whole entire adult yeah. adult life, I can Absolutely, see that how the transition from what you were doing before in pharmaceutical sales mm-hmm. moves you uh, with the level of dedication and motivation, and 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 stick with it that you have to have in either of those environments. But what do you feel are some of the most uh, important skills that you developed in your sales career that really helped you s- to push your son care line?
1: Well, I. What I was kind of taught if you're going to create a brand of something, um, it needs to be def- defensible, meaning you need to be able to defend it in the marketplace. You need to niche or be different than something else. Like, what is different from your product than others, and why would somebody buy yours versus the competition? And again, the mineral sunscreens to have them lighter and nicer smelling. They are more expensive than say the original uh, mineral sunscreen, that so like Badger comes to mind because they've been around for a very long time sure. and are very um, established in the mineral market space. So why would somebody spend more for years than Banana Boat or Hawaiian Tropic? Um, and then you have to be, understand the ingredients behind it. Like that's my thing. It's like people ask some very specific questions why yeah so to be the best you have to master the basics yeah so you really have to know your space yeah so that knowledge base alone is probably that knowledge key. base alone. yeah and i was recently approached by a, a manufacturer a guy who spent the last 30 years in Suncare. he had worked at banana boat uh, he worked at ocean potion he worked everywhere he knew almost all the brands but he was down has a son going to school here at BSU? Um, he saw my products at Idaho River Sports. He called, wanting to ask, to talk to the owner. We got to visiting. He I was asking some very specific questions. I said, "Do you mean you've tried my product?" was yeah. like, "Well, yeah, down at by Quinns Pond down there, Idaho River Sports, you know." And I'm like, "What are you doing in Boise?" And that's how I learned his son was here at BSU or whatever. Yeah. And he said, "I have one question for you. Do you own your formula?" And I said, "I do." he's like, what made you decide to do that? And I said, um, well, if I was going to invest the time and money and effort to come to market with anything, I didn't want to be a me too. Yeah, I didn't want to be like sunbum, um, which super cute marketing, nice smelling product, yeah. is a me too. Yeah. So what consumers didn't understand, and that's okay if you didn't understand, is that it was just an expensive Hawaiian tropic, yeah. but, but marketing is awesome. Like their marketing is awesome. Right. But at the same time, um, if there's ever an end game, if you ever want to have more than just your brand to sell, you need your own formula. It needs to be yours and it needs to be unique. Yeah. Because it's to me it was it's more than a brand, it's defending the product itself. Yeah. I don't want to sell a me too. I want to sell a better than. Yeah you're gonna put the time into it, you you need to have attributes to your product that make it better than the competitor or else why would you buy that? How do you sell? How do you sell if you don't have a differentiator? Yeah. So yeah, understanding what your product is and why you did it, what it's for. It's not just another me too. Otherwise, I don't know how you differentiate besides your packaging. Yeah.
0: And all of this was all done while you're being a single mom and losing your eyesight and losing your independence and still in a space where creativity got to
1: rule i had no idea that i was creative none i don't think of myself as creative i don't draw i think there are certain categories that you think of with creativity i'm not an artist and but good gravy did I have a blast you know creating and I've got probably another 15-20 products that I've already mapped out the ingredients that I want in it the, the names of the products how they look and feel like I just um, that's the most fun yeah honestly creating is the most the most fun I have no idea and ingredients I sign up for all these different ingredient magazines and stuff and oh what a geek am I <laughs> I mean I, I go through like oh my god this would be so good in like an eye cream and oh has to be in the next sunscreen like yeah. uh, anyway I, I i really do geek out over i'm mm-hmm. absolutely
0: uh inspired by you thank i am you. so excited that we got introduced uh, and we've chatted since then um and i'm just so so excited to be able to share you with my little corner of the
1: thank world thank you so much thank you for inviting me to do this and um, wasn't quite as scary as I thought it was going to (laughs) be, so thank you for giving me a chance to to talk about the Sun Care as well as um, navigating, you know, major life changes because uh, anytime you have the opportunity to reinvent, you really should embrace that because there's a lot of people out there who would love to um, and can't or don't or won't or um, sometimes it's not courage that takes because sometimes you're thrown out there, but it's like, okay make the most of it let's do it and and it really is an opportunity because being able to be the architect of today and tomorrow and, and understanding that um, you there's so much to be fortunate um, and grateful for in everybody's lives um, starting with the basics um, mm-hmm. be grateful for your health and make the most of every opportunity you have or don't but it's your it's, it's your it's your life so yeah. be happy or be sad or be grumpy or feel sorry for yourself. But God, what a miserable place to be if you don't just embrace every opportunity that you have. Yeah, I totally agree. So tell tell me
0: a little bit about where
1: they can reach you at and find your SunCare Okay. Well, um, website www.s4suncare.com. Um, I do have an online store And then at the bottom of all the landing pages, you can find retailers. Click on Idaho, several retailers here locally, um, ranging from dermatologist offices to uh, med spas, um, Albertsons, uh, marketplace on Fairview and Broadway, Idaho River Sports, Millie Grace. I've got a lot of really great vendors, uh, here in the Valley that have partnered with me, that would work with me year round, so. Thank you so much. I appreciate it,
0: thanks Thank you so much for tuning in to the My Wim Life show today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a moment of the goodness.